message from our lead pastor, Michael Signorelli. Prepare to go C1. We're going to welcome um, Pastor Mike. He's going to bring a powerful word this morning. Come on, let's give a hand for the word as he comes. All right, all right. Why don't you just stay on your feet where you're at? Look, I got, I got this for my sweat today. <laughs> all right, why don't we do this just to jump this thing off while you're still on your feet? Can we all just get really loud for everyone listening by way of the podcast right now? Can we just get super loud for them? Oh. Yeah. You know, while you're still on your feet, I want to read something to you. Man, I'm going to try my best to teach you this morning, but do I have your forgiveness if I start preaching to you? Is that all right? Okay. I'm just telling you, I might get loud. I might spit. I might, I might even hit you from where you're at. I might get a little Pentecostal or charismatic, but I will try, or maybe Southern Baptist, Bapticostal. Is that all right with some people? That's fine. We had somebody from a Catholic church. She actually works. She's on staff at a Catholic church. I'm telling on her, okay? And she took a Sunday off to hang out with us at V1 Church. And she said, well, don't, you don't have to celebrate that, okay? You know, that's okay if she's home wherever she's at. But she, when we were done, she said, I love that Southern Baptist thing you did. <laughs> so now I'm going to get real rowdy this Sunday. <laughs> now that I know it's official, I can go there with all the Catholics, okay? Now that clergy told me I could do it, it's happening. So turn to your Bibles with me to John chapter 5, and we're going to have it on the screen so that you can read along with me. But let's just jump right into Better Together. It's a five-part series, and this is part four, and I'm so amped up. It says this, sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. There is a great number of disabled people that used to lie, the blind, the, the lame, the paralyzed. And then it says, one who was one who was there had been an invalid for 38 years when jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time he asked him do you want to get well sir the invalid replied i have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred while i am trying to get in someone else goes down ahead of me then jesus said to him get up Pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and he walked. And the title of this message this morning is Forfeit the Fantasy. So on your way down to your seat, why don't you look to the person next to you and say, give up the fantasy, babe. <laughs> and you can be seated. Give up the fantasy. Maybe turn to the other person next to you and say, stop fantasizing. <laughs> Snap them back into reality. You know, I know it's hard sitting next to some of you guys, especially for the single people. It can be hard sitting next to somebody in church because the only qualification you have for a relationship is do they go to church? And now here you are sitting next to each other and you're like, we might as well get married. So forfeit the fantasy. <laughs> I am so, so excited for this message. And I'll just be honest, like every week I'm excited, but every once in a while I feel like God just dropped something into my gut. 
and I have to do everything I can to not preach the whole thing on Facebook Live before Sunday happens. I have to do everything I can to try to contain it because I, I just, I know that I know that I know that some of you are here on divine appointment. I know some people listening to the podcast right now, whether they're in the gym or driving down the street or whatever you're doing, that you tap that button and God's got you set up to hear something that's going to change your life forever. Do I have anyone here who has just been radically changed as a result of listening to a message or a sermon in a church? I mean, have you ever come into a building one way and you literally walked out and you said no therapy session was going to accomplish what just happened in that space? Am I the only one? I mean, am I the only one who's ever watched somebody preach and just thought, how did they know? Did they follow me around all week? Some of you are going to have that experience. I get that, that message. People think that I have so much time in my schedule that I just stalk them all week. But guess what? The Holy Spirit knows what you need. He's got you today. And I believe that he's going to ask you to forfeit the fantasy. And you know, it, it, the culture that we live in, man, I don't know if you're anything like me. I used to sit in school. I was one of those people like everything that made me the worst student ever made me a decent teacher because I could not stay in my seat. So I'm like, I need to get a job where I'm just paid to be on my feet all the time. And, and you know, I used to just sit in class and my mind would ramble and I'd be all over the place just thinking about this and thinking about that. I mean, am I the only one who you could just stare off into the distance and you are gone? Am I the only one who has selective hearing in this place? I have an uncanny ability to not hear you. It's like a, it's like a, if I was an X-Men character, my skill would be he can block it all out. That's literally it. He doesn't hear anything. I used to be a high school teacher, believe it or not. And, uh, you know, when you've got 150 pubescent students, that's a lot of noise. And I got really good at hearing none of it. Sometimes my wife's like, didn't you listen to me? I'm like, nope. <laughs> I'm working on it, though. And so if you're here today, I believe that there is this there's trail that your mind's been on and you've traveled this path and you've gotten so deep into this fantasy, so deep into this story, this plot that you've got in your mind that you actually have missed reality altogether. And I love this story in the Bible so much because I would look at this, this man by the pool and I feel like I can identify with him so, so much. And I believe that some of you in this room, some of you listening right now, that you are just literally by the pool of Bethesda right now in your life. And I want to break down what that means for you. And I want to break down what it looks like for you to walk out of this place saying, today I encountered Jesus Christ. Something happened in my life. I'm never going to be the same and I'm going to walk out of here free. I'm going to, I'm going to hit the stop button on this podcast and I will never, ever be the same. And you know, we have stories in this church right now and it's just such an incredible journey we've, on, we're, we've been on because this church is on paper only three months old. We launched Palm Sunday. Isn't that amazing? You know, three, four months and, and we're on this journey and I'm watching people just experience different levels of freedom. But one thing I love so much about this church is that I'm watching people fall in love with scripture. You know, we, we've given away so many Bibles, I, I've got to reorder more, and people are hitting me up with questions, and, and this is a church that's not afraid of questions. Did you know that? Jesus isn't afraid of questions. Do you know that? Jesus is still standing by saying, I've got the answer to your questions, and, and you know, there's a pseudo-intellectualism that I see in New York where people watch a YouTube video, and they've done their research, and I call them Netflix philosophers because they, they've been enlightened but let me just enlighten you 
that this Bible is the standard of truth and it's still just as valid as it was 2,000 years ago. It's forevermore. God's not changing and we're a, Bi we're a Bible loving church. So if you're here, you've got to be okay with that. Is somebody okay with that? Now here's the thing. We love Simon Sinek. We love TED Talks. We love Gary Vanderchuk. But I'm going to tell you, you're experiencing something right now vastly different than anything that they can do because the words of man fall short to make lasting change. And they might be preaching truth with a lowercase t, but if you want to learn how to wield a sword that's transcended across all cultures and every language, if you want to speak a word that'll pierce into the innermost parts of a man and never come back void, you've got to learn how to speak the words of God. And so you're not in a TED talk. You're not in a motivational self-help talk. You're not in the power of positivity talk. You are going to hear the word of God this morning. And that's going to do something infinitely greater than those men can ever do. Can I get an amen? It's okay to talk back to me today. Can somebody just say, well? Can somebody just say, hallelujah? And can you just say, yeah, he's crazy? <laughs> I want you to forfeit the fantasy. And in order to forfeit the fantasy, you've got to have a collision course with reality. And so reality is about to hit you like a freight train. You've got this man. Let me, let me just build this up. We're in John chapter 5, and you have this situation where this man is at the pool named Bethesda. Now, there was a legend, and actually when they were building Pro Presenter, they said, well, we were looking at different translations, and there's a scripture actually uh, excluded depending on what translation you read, and it's, it's actually verse 4. And many of you who are old school probably know that there is a story about these angels who would stir up this pool called Bethesda. And there were hundreds of sick people around this pool. And, the, and after they had stirred it up, the idea was if you could just get into that pool, you could be healed of whatever ailment you had. And yet, it's not even included in most modern translations because people say, you know, it may have just been a legend. It may have just been a tradition, something that was orally told and passed down so that people had this idea that you could go to the pool of Bethesda and be healed. Isn't that incredible to think about? And so you have this man. The Bible calls him an invalid. And when I looked at that word, I wanted to know a little bit more about his condition, but we kind of have some generalities in scripture, maybe on purpose. But what I kept seeing every time I read it was the word invalid. Maybe you're in this room and you feel invalid and, and you're the man or the woman laying by the pool of Bethesda with the name invalid on you. Why are we so obsessed with likes? Why are we so obsessed with shares? Why are we so obsessed with the validation of others? And you're working a dead-end job and you're going to school and you can barely make the grades to keep up. Or you finally got married and, and your marriage just ain't working out and you're laying by the pool of fantasy, the pool that everyone else says can heal you, the pool where your life can be changed forever and you've gotten so close to that thing, but you feel invalid, worthless, unable to be a good father, unable to be good mother, unable to do the very thing that you feel you're called to do. This man, he was an invalid for over 30 years, that's three decades. And so what happened, and you can write this down in your notes, is that his desperation turned into defeat. His desperation, and the question I got for you this morning is has your desperation turned into defeat? 
Was there a time where this invalid, this invalid man said, you know what, I heard there's a place and if I could just go over to this pool called Bethesda, if I could have somebody carry me over to that place, if I can just get into that spot and then the angels come and supernaturally stir up that pool, all I've got to do is get into that water and I won't be invalid anymore. I will be a real man with a real purpose and a real destiny and I believe that there was this moment of desperation in this man that we see in John chapter 5. This moment of desperation where he said, I got the answer. All I've got to do is just press in. All I've got to do is get to that place and I could be changed. And what started as desperation, year after year after year after year of watching everyone else get healed, watching everyone else get restored, watching everyone else have kids, watching everyone else get a mortgage in a house. What, am I preaching to somebody this morning? I said, am I preaching to somebody this morning? Am I the only one who's had to be by the pool of Bethesda watching everyone else get something? Am I the only one who stood by and said, well, you know what, God, I've served you with my life. Can I get real? You didn't come here just to hear a pretty message. You came here because you want to hear truth. Remember, right? And you know, the pool of Bethesda, Bethesda, duh was the Instagram of 2,000 years ago. The pool of Bethesda was the Facebook of 2,000 years ago because you were around that pool surrounded by other sick people because how many of you guys know that sick people find sick people? I love food and no matter what country I preach at in the world, I find the people who love food and feed me and, get, and inch me closer and closer to cardiac arrest. I, I try so hard to get in shape, but all the people who love food as much as me find me, even in other language. Dios es bueno. And they're giving me a big burrito. And I'm in Latin America like I thought you guys were thinner because your diet's healthier. And I found the one person. Sick people find sick people. The pool of Bethesda was a whole bunch of sick people who found each other. I bet that, that this man, the invalid, the one who felt like he didn't have an identity or a purpose and, and struggled with desperation turning into defeat, got to a place where maybe the, the, his, his mat mate, we'll call him, his mat, because you know he's lying on a mat. Jesus said, pick up your mat. And so let me ask you this, how many mat mates do you have? The mat mate is the person who, this is some revelation. Somebody's gonna learn something. Somebody's got a map mate next to you who has also watched everyone have a baby and get a mortgage and move on in life. And they're saying, well, it's okay. We're better together. Let's be wounded together. You tickle my arm and I'll tickle yours. And some of you have a map mate. This guy had this, this position close enough to the miracle to see it, but not close enough to partake in it. How many of you in this place keep getting close enough to the miracle to see it? but not see it happen in your life. Guess what's gonna happen today? I'm just gonna tell you the end of the message now because I'm still keep going, but what's gonna happen is Jesus is gonna show up and ask you, do you wanna be healed? Because when you've been laying next to the pool of Bethesda long enough, you actually have to have somebody demand of you, will you forfeit the fantasy? When you've been laying in that position of defeat long enough, you're, you actually will satiate yourself off of the fantasy of success because you know that the reality of it isn't even obtainable.
And there are people who actually get enough of an accomplishment hit off of their brain of thinking about doing something because they don't even have enough motivation to get up and do it. And I might be talking to you right now. And as that man was laying at the pool of Bethesda, all of a sudden Jesus looked at him and he asked the most important question. It's the question I'm going to ask you right now. Do you want to get better? Do you actually want to? Because guess what happened to this man? After, okay, right now you're an invalid. Right now you're laying on the side of this pool and you're watching every, and that's a certain set of problems that you have to deal with in this condition. But if I heal you, you're just going to get another set of problems because now you're going to have to work. Now you're going to have to steward the miracle that God has put in place in your life. And so, and so oftentimes the miracle that God does in our life actually requires us to abandon one set of problems and take on another set. And nobody will tell you that. Can I get a well? Okay. Because, oh God, I'm single. And I promise if you give me a soulmate, I will love her all the days of my life. I won't treat her like those girls at the club. I won't treat, I promise God. You're by the pool of Bethesda. Let me ask you this question. What's your pool named? <laughs> Let me ask you this question. What is your pool named? Maybe your pool is named girlfriend. If I could just get into that pool. <laughs> if I, <laughs> Here we go. It's getting a little Shakespearean. <laughs> Pastor Mike's getting punny. <laughs> If I could just get into that pool called girlfriend, that's what will change me. She'll bring discipline in my, into my life. She'll, I won't be lonely anymore. Pastor Mike, I know what I need now. At the pool of Bethesda, the pool called girlfriend, I will partake of that miraculous pool and I'll never be alone, alone again. And then guess what? God says, okay, I'll give you what you think you need. And uh, you're serving on the dream team and she's wrapping up cables and you're wrapping up cables. And then you wrap them up together and boom, you realize it's the same cable. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you, you just look each other in your eyes and you're like the pool of Bethesda, I have arrived. I have just, and then what happens is you realize that you trade the problems of singleness for the problems of a relationship. <laughs> because, okay, well, because every level of miraculous requires another level of stewardship. God will graduate you up, but you can't even steward where you're at right now. And that's why Jesus is still asking the question right now, do you want to be healed? Do you want to be free? Do you want to have a relationship? And you're like, but I, I think I do because she's hot. And God's like, have you seen her at 6 a.m.? Y'all don't, you don't want me to preach. Y'all don't want me to preach. Julie's like, you better not put that picture up on the screen. <laughs> but I talk to people every single week as a pastor who are enraptured in a fantasy. Oh man, I'm going to play an instrument and they're going to let me up on worship and I'm going to shred the guitar. Well, guess what you're actually going to do? You're going to practice for 16 hours in your boxers in your home so that you can come up here without sheep music and give excellence to the Lord. And then you're gonna get here and forget apart and beat yourself up and go back home and keep doing that and realize that there is no glory on the platform because you've increased your level of accountability. And so the question I'm asking you is, do you wanna be healed? Do you wanna be free? 
Jesus went up to Jerusalem. See, Jesus was on a journey. He was headed to the pool. What I love about Jesus' leadership is he was seeking out sick people. V1 Church, we're on the prowl. We're seeking them out. We're the people who need help. We're the people who need to be free. Let's go to that place. And I love that. That's, people are like, why is your church growing? I'm like, guess what? Because they're doing the very thing I can't do. They're inviting their friends and their family members and the people I've never met and have no credibility with and, and probably wouldn't trust me if they saw me right now. But they're saying, no, trust me. There's a man named Jesus. There's something happening in that theater and you've got to see it. So you have Jesus sometime later going around looking and then he arrives and he sees this man who's called invalid. Now this is what I think is so incredible about this story and it just blew my mind as I began to like go through this and, and look at it. Desperation in isolation leads to defeat. So desperation in isolation leads to defeat. The series that we're going through is better together. And here's the reality of it is you cannot accomplish the dream that you have for your life alone. And it was so brutally apparent for the guy who was on the side of the pool of Bethesda. And yet Jesus showed up, invaded his space and said, it is possible for you to be healed, but not off the fantasy, not off the tradition, not off the legend, but off of the person of Jesus Christ. And what I love so much about Jesus, and, and I never saw this before until I really dug in. Take a look with me at uh, verse 8. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. Can you imagine the guy next to him who really felt like a loser? He's like, I don't get in the pool and Jesus passed me up. Okay, today's a bad day. You, when your mat mate, wait, here's, this should be part five. What do you do when your mat mate gets healed? <laughs> so they asked him, who is this fellow who told to her, who you told to pick up, who was told to tell you to pick up your mat and walk? And the man who was healed had no idea who it was for Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. Later, everyone say later. later. Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, see, you are well again. Now stop sin or something worse is going to happen to you, you fool. You know what I love about Jesus? He understood that there was an aftercare that was needed because the miracle wasn't the end of the story. You know what this guy did with his freedom? He said, now I got legs. Yay, I can sin in new and creative ways. To the point where Jesus, who was trying to do an anonymous miracle, and thank God for leaders who don't need to be seen. Can I get an amen? Thank God for, Jesus anonymously healed him to the point where the Pharisees and the religious folks said, who's the guy who healed you? He said, I don't even know because he slipped away into a crowd. Thank God for leaders who don't need credit. Yeah, we've got a nameless, faceless crowd here called the Dream Team and they're Jesus ninjas and they do stuff and they don't need a title. They don't need a position. They don't need glory. Matter of fact, if you try to give them glory, they're gonna redirect it back to the Father. And Jesus slips away, but then Jesus, being Jesus, says, you know what this guy just did? I healed him, set him right, put his feet on the right path, and you know what this dude just did? He just used his newfound freedom to sin in a creative way. What if I told you that on the other side of the miracle in your life was more sin? What if I told you that if God broke you through into the next area of finances, you would become stingier and less generous with your money? What if I told you that if God was to give you a mortgage right now, that whole house would break down and be the bane of your existence? 
What if I told you that if you got to the relationship that you want so badly with the fantasy of the person that you have, that that very thing would be what does you in? Jesus showed up and said this. And I love it. He said, see, you're well again. He kind of went, hey, see, you're feeling better, aren't you? And the guy's like, oh, yeah, this is great. And Jesus said, stop sinning. Some of you in this room have this level of desperation that you used to have inside of you. You used to be on fire for God. You used to have this desperation. You used to be so grateful for the healing that he brought into your life. Can you imagine the moments after that guy was healed? He was just so exuberant, like, I don't have to live this way. It's amazing. And how fast, it's literally three scriptures away. Jesus has to tell him, stop sinning. If you're in this place, let me ask you a question. What happened to the fire? What happened to the passion? What happened to the gratitude? What happened to the freedom that he gave you? What'd you do with it? And God wants to do it again. We sang that song, do it again, do it again. But the question he's going to ask you, are you going to do it again? Are you going to do it again? Are you going to do it? The Bible says, stir up, fan the flame, stir up the gift that's inside of you. And David, encourage yourself in the Lord. And he asked this question, has your desperation turned into defeat? And have you forgot the moment of your desperation? Today, you have a choice to make faith or fantasy. You got a decision to make. Everyone in this room has a decision to make. And I was actually chewing on this word and meditating over this thing in my heart. And, and you know, I, I just got this new gym membership at this place called the YMCA. And I think you have to be 30 or older to get in. <laughs> and uh, I was at Planet Fitness, but it was too dirty in Brooklyn. <laughs> it was too dirty. I could. I was like, man, if you guys cleaned it one time in the six months I've been using it, I would have stayed. So I'm at the YMCA and I'm just, and I'm working out and then I, I'm walking home and I'm thinking about this message right now. Uh, it's a simple message, but I want breakthrough and I want you to understand that you need somebody. You're two people in this room. You're either the man or the woman by the pool of Bethesda, or you need to stand in the place of Jesus and look at someone and say, will you forfeit the fantasy? And you know, all of a sudden I'm walking down the street and it's about eight in the morning and there's this man and I look at this man and I, I see he's got like a 24 case of course. Now, at first I'm thinking to myself, this is New York City, nothing out of the norm. You can't tell the difference between people staying up late or waking up early sometimes, am I right? Is that the truth? We drive here on the way for load in the morning, the club's still rocking down the street from us. Just load in their church and just mind freak them. <laughs> and all of a sudden I'm walking down the street and, I, and my eye catches this guy slamming a beer and I realize that he's day drinking. I realized that it's eight in the morning and this guy has a problem. And I'm thinking about the pool called Bethesda. I'm thinking about this place where somebody's sitting thinking, I just need healing so bad, but I can't seem to get in. And I'm like, how in the world can I call myself a pastor of a church and pass this dude up? And I did pass him up. Maybe if you're like me in this place, sometimes you lack the courage to do the very thing that the Holy Spirit tells you to do. But one of the miracles of this story is that I turned around. And some of you guys, someone else's freedom is on the other side of you turning around today. Do you hear me? 
Somebody else's freedom is on the other side of you having the courage and the intestinal fortitude to say, I will turn around and deliver the word and say what God has me to say. All of a sudden, I walked up to this guy and I said, hey, man, how's it going? And he immediately began to tell me, well, I have these problems, these physical ailments, and I didn't take my medication, and I'm drinking because blah, blah, blah. And I looked at him, I said, I used to be an alcoholic. And then he said, you too? And he said, come over here and sit down. He said, do you want a drink? I said, brother, <laughs> I've tasted of something and I will never thirst again. I've got something better than that Coors Light that's flowing through my veins right now. Something that's given me a courage to talk to you that Jack Daniels can never give me a courage to say. His name's Jesus Christ. And I might be the craziest person you talk to today, but today I'm gonna give you the truth. And I begin to tell my story. I said, I had wounds in my past. I had things that I couldn't break through. I was laying by this pool called Bethesda. And all of a sudden, Jesus showed up and said, Mike Signorelli, do you want to be healed? Because you're going to have to work hard to be a good husband. You're going to have to work hard to pay the bills. But do you want to be healed? I can, I can give you it right now, but you're going to have to steward that healing. And I said, God, I'll do it. Because I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. And as I began to tell this story to this man, tears started coming down his eyes. And I said, listen, dude, I never thought it was possible for me to be healed and whole. I'm literally sitting next to you as a miracle. And I did the 12 steps two times, 24 steps added up to 24 steps back. But I only took one step and it was towards Jesus. And Jesus took another step towards me. And I had a freedom I could never experience any other way. And he looked at me and he said, now mind you, he was a, a well-kempt man. This was not a bum. If you're picturing a bum, he looked at me and said, well, I used to be restaurant, a restaurant owner in this neighborhood. And, and I used to be a, a, a six-figure earning guy. And I had success, but I'm a gambling man. I said, well, you know what? We got a lot more in common than I thought because I'm a gambling man too. And I said, I antied up my whole life and pushed every chip and everything I had into the table and said, Jesus, if you can do anything with this filth, if you can do anything with this sin, if you can do anything with these broken pieces, I'll go all in on you. And baby, I got a return that I cannot compare to anything in my life. Am I the only one in this place? Come on. And I told him, I said, if you will make a gamble on Jesus Christ right now, come on, just stand at your feet if you haven't already. This place is electrifying with the power of the Holy Spirit. Somebody's getting ready. It's not going to be the pool of your fantasy, but if you'll forfeit that fantasy, you will be healed today. And all of a sudden, I said, if you make a bet on Jesus, if you just say these words with me, if you just declare these words with your mouth, I promise you, you can't be the same. I promise me, promise you, you'll have to get up off your mat. And do you know when I said that, he looked at me and he said, no one has ever said this to me before. Now, the dangerous thing about the words that you just heard of this message, if you were to run out the door right now, is you've heard too much to not be accountable to it. And if you don't tell these words to somebody else within the next week, you better believe you missed some divine appointments because it's not about a hierarchy. I might be the one with the microphone, but you've got a microphone called influence in your hand. And if you will open up your mouth and start speaking the word of God, you will see the atmospheres around you change. You'll see this place change. And I'm sick and tired of people using Long Island as the excuse. The excuse is you. It's time to have a backbone for Jesus and get desperate again desperate again.
There was a time where you were desperate for your marriage. I'll do anything to work this thing out. There's a time where you were desperate. There was a time where you said, I want Jesus more than I want oxygen. I want to read his word more than I want to see anything else. And yet you've settled in this place of defeat where you're reading more of a social media feed on your phone that you're reading scripture because you've just got to a place where you said it didn't work. Just because it didn't work doesn't have nothing to do with Jesus because you may have been laying next to the pool of your fantasy instead of seeking the only one who could change you. And as I prayed that prayer, his name's Kevin. As, as alcoholic Kevin with the word invalid written on his forehead in the spirit realm sitting there used to be a former restaurant owner used to be a success and now he's in this he's sitting on a bench with a 24 case thinking i'm invalid i'm not a valid husband i'm not a valid he's sitting there he's thinking i'm not, I'm not a valid business i'm invalid now i'm nothing and god said and i looked at him i said you want to take this bet you want to gamble with me you want to try jesus he said dude i'll try anything right now because nothing else has worked. So we begin to pray those words together. Jesus, come into my heart. Jesus, forgive me for my sin. Jesus, invade my life. And he was saying, yes, I do want to be healed, yes. And, gr and granted, this is the beginning of his story, okay? We're going to walk this thing through with him because how many of you know that you need somebody to walk this thing through, right? It doesn't stop at the salvation moment. That's why we are better together. That's why we come back to church. That's why we do this thing again, because you need some people to walk alongside you. Jesus knew, hey, hey, Kevin, the alcoholic, remember that guy, Pastor Mike, who led you through freedom? Well, you're sinning again. Will you stop sinning? <laughs> and some of us need after today to get back in this place. And I give you so much honor for showing up in the rain, for showing up even though we didn't have enough bagels for you, because you said, I'm not after that stuff. The lights and the production are not enough. If Jesus doesn't show up, we didn't have church today. And there's some people in this place who are desperate. Are you desperate? I said, are you desperate? I said, are you desperate? I said, are you desperate? Do you want more of God? Do you want more of him? More of his spirit, more of his word. Stir it up. Stir it up. Here's what we're going to do right now. Maybe you're in this place and you have never, maybe you're like Kevin. You had never heard what I just said. You, you did not know because in your mind, Jesus was this stained glass figure. And Jesus was somebody who was always mad at you. And every time you failed, he wasn't there saying, get up, get up. He was there putting his foot down on your neck. I'm here to tell you, you cannot fathom the love of God. And he doesn't love you anymore, any less when you mess up. But if you allow that love to invade your heart, you will begin to get a victory over sin that you never thought you could before. And, and if you're here and you're saying, man, I feel something in my bones that I've never felt before. And I want to accept this Jesus, not the Jesus of religion and tradition who made me feel guilty and bad, but the Jesus who brings a holy conviction that says, I got more for your life. And if you keep hanging around these environments, if you keep doing those things, you're going to miss your destiny. Get up, pick up your mat. It's time to walk. It's time to do what I called you to do. If you're in this place and you're saying, I want that Jesus, will you just lift up your hand right now and say, I want that Jesus. 
Come on, there's hands all over this place. Just lift your hands in the sky. Come on, we're going to make a moment. There's a desperation that's going to take over this region. I pray that under the sound of my voice, there's such a fire that rises up in somebody in this place that it's felt all across the United States. That people have to look and see what is going on in that church. What's going on on Long Island? Something is changing. With every hand raised in this place, I want you to repeat after me right now. Say, Heavenly Father, I want to be healed. I want to be free. I want to be desperate. I want more of you, more of you, more of you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give it up. Thank you for listening. Your experience doesn't have to end with this message. Visit us online at v1.church and send us a message. If you would like to help V1 reach New York and beyond, download the V1 Church app for iPhone and Android and click Give. Join us this Sunday for our weekend celebration. Directions and info can be found on our website.